It's mock draft season, and NFL analysts, well, our NFL analysts, Clark Dalton and Matt Marinchak, join the show as we make our own mock draft that is certainly better than any mock draft that you've seen. Plus, we talk about how boring the NBA playoffs are, how exciting the NHL playoffs are, and there's a new NHL team for the podcast. Then we talk about why baseball is struggling and what it needs to do to recover. We finish off the show, as always, with the fun fact of the week. Let's get started. All right, welcome into the Thomas Fitch Show, presented by 1-0 Sports. As always, I'm your host, Thomas Fitch. A little bit of a different feel this week. The studio I'm usually in was booked, uh, like, all this week, so I'm currently in the uh, TSTV Texas Student Television studio, um, and we're doing an audio-only episode, so if it sounds a little off, that is why. But we're still going to have the same great content. Again, coming up a little bit, uh, Clark Dalton, Matt Marinchak coming on. And we do a, a live mock draft that I'm sure is the most accurate mock draft ever. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we'll talk about Texas baseball a little bit. Before we get there, let's talk about talk NBA playoffs. Um, and uh, we're going to start off with a little come on, son, segment for the NBA. Because, quite frankly, it has probably been the most boring year for the NBA playoffs ever, Um, at least that I can think of. You look at the East, it's already set. Uh, Not one series went more than five games. The West um, most likely will be uh, mostly five. I mean, Portland won in five. Houston's up 3-1. Golden State's up 3-1. The only series that's close is Denver-San Antonio at 3-2. But right now, Denver is looking like the dominant team. So something needs gonna, is going to need to change because I know the ratings are down, and I know partly that's because of LeBron, but I'm not saying rig the games. But quite frankly, if, this, if the Spurs lose, I don't care who wins. So give us some close series, Adam Silver. I know you rig a lot of basketball why not rig it a little bit more and give us some exciting playoffs? Um, I want to go back to NBA playoffs in a little bit, but speaking of exciting playoffs, the NHL playoffs, I am hooked. Um, I'm a Predators fan. Preds are out, but I have a new team. I'm officially uh, 100% a San Jose Sharks fan. Uh, You heard it here first. Actually, you probably heard it here or heard it on Twitter last night. I tweeted that out. So it's Twitter official. I'm a San Jose Sharks fan. We are a San Jose Sharks podcast now. So San Jose Sharks, if you want to send me any merch, um, I will wear it on the show for the rest of the playoffs. Um, you know, jersey, hat, whatever. I'll wear it and I'll, I'll, rep, I'll rep the Sharks. Um, who The Sharks, by the way, won in a thrilling Game 7 because uh, hockey actually goes to Game 7s. Uh, game seven, overtime, you know, sudden death, uh, had the, the game-winning goal. Just incredible from there. There's another game seven last night. I don't remember who won. And there's another game seven tonight, the Caps and I think the Hurricanes. So three game sevens in round one. That's how you do playoffs. Good on you, NHL. Um, let's go back to the NBA. Uh, I want to first talk about um, – the the Portland uh, Thunder series that just ended last night, and 
quite possibly one of the best endings to uh, an NBA series that I've seen in a long time. And I say this coming as um, a Westbrook fan, so obviously was rooting for the Thunder in this series. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if you didn't watch it, basically the game was tied with about 20 seconds left. Westbrook misses a layup. So Trailblazers get the ball, you know, walk it. Lillard has the ball, walks it up the court, and you know, don't, they don't call a timeout. They don't drop a play. Lillard sits back probably 30, 35 feet from the basket. And with one second, Paul George on him steps back, puts up a shot and drains it. And, uh, after, after the game, Paul George said it's a bad, it was a bad shot and he's kind of taken some crap for it because the shot went in, but here's the deal. It was a dumb shot in a tie game. All you need is one point to win. You're in the bonus the smart thing to do is drive in, try to draw a foul, make a layup, something like that. Get a screen, get an open look. But but Lillard says, nope, I'm going to step back from 35 feet and in the series right now. Um, so <laughs> statistically, not the smartest play, but even as a person who's rooting for the Thunder, I'm not even mad because probably one of the greatest endings um, that I've seen in a long time you know, at home in Portland, got mobbed by the teammates, looked at the camera, gave 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 the, the, the cocky Lillard, you know, goodbye to the Thunder look. Just incredible. So honestly, not even mad because, you know, it's one of those and, and the Thunder always lose on these shots, on these shots, you know, whether it's against the Warriors like in 2016 or, you know, against um, – uh, against against the uh the trailblazers here they always lose on these shots where you know it's whether it's dame whether it's steph they put it up and you you immediately you know it's going in which is so frustrating um and i don't know what it would be like to have a a player who can just drain anything because you know i've never been a fan of the warriors never you know been a big dame guy but it's just incredible to to see people just being able to pull up from you know, close to half court and just drain shots. Uh, I want to talk about the Spurs Nuggets series real quick. The only real series really so far in the playoffs. And, you know, I am a Spurs guy from San Antonio. And I said, I think I said maybe last week, two weeks ago, if the Spurs win one game on the road, they win the series. Reason I said that, Spurs, one of the worst teams on the road in the NBA, but one of the best teams at home. Well, they took game one on the road in Denver, had a chance to win game two, 19-point lead, blow that, go back to San Antonio, win game three, they're up 2-1, and then all of a sudden, Nuggets made some adjustments. Win game four, pretty handedly. Win game five, pretty handedly. And, you know... As, as much as I hate to say that's the series, it really feels like unless there can be, unless Pop can kind of counter the lineup changes that the Nuggets have made, this is about it. Fortunately, the series is going home to San Antonio so they can at least try to get some momentum from that. But even if they can win game six, having to go on the road again to Denver where they've blown a lead, they've gotten blown out the last two times they've played there, I think it's a hard chance that they can come back and win that. But I think one thing that's in their favor is the fact that last night they just played bad. 
You know, and it's one thing to lose a game when you play good and you play as good as you can and you just can't beat the team. Spurs played bad. Um, and I wasn't, it wasn't even that the defense was terrible. The Nuggets ball movement was really incredible. They had great ball movement. Their shots were falling. Um, they got good looks. So they did play good. But the Spurs, I mean, there was turnovers. LaMarcus missed a number of point-blank shots. Nobody can make any shots regardless. I mean, DeRozan, DeRozan was missing floaters. Um, nobody could hit from three. So the good news is if they can find a way to um, start shooting better, start playing better, they have a decent chance at, you know, at least at least winning game six and prolonging the series. But if they keep playing the way they did in game five, this series is going to be over, and I don't think it's even headed back to Denver. All right, let's get to our interview with Clark and Matt um, on the NFL Draft. All right, we now welcome on some guests. We have Matt Marincheck, now a recurring guest, um, and you've written a couple blog posts for One and O Sports. We have Clark Dalton, first-time guest on the Thomas Fitch Show, um, and we're going to start things off with the mock draft. Um, we have... The, we'll, we'll do the whole first round, and we have – there's a mock draft machine because it's 2019, and it's not enough to read mock drafts from other people. We have to do our own mock drafts. Um, so we can just alternate alternate turns. Who wants to go first? I'll take first. All right, Matt. Who are you taking? Arizona Cardinals. You can – you just uh-huh. select. You go over here, and you click whoever you're, whoever you're taking. Say I'm going with the best player in the draft, Nick Bosa. Like, I know Nick of, Bosa, number one to the Cardinals. I know there was a lot of rumors about Kyler Murray, but now they're saying he's not going number one. So I'm just go with the best player. All right, Clark, you want to take two? Right, we can snake this. All right, so. at number two, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. And this is an obvious one. They need help on the defensive line. And right here, you have Quinn and Williams. 300 pounds, ran that 4.8340, which was ridiculous. Go with him. He'll be a superstar if he develops correctly. All right, so I have the next two picks. Uh, number three, the Jets. It's got to be Josh Allen. I, I'd certainly think they already they addressed quarterback last year. Josh Allen, the best remaining player. So then, then we get to the Raiders. A lot of a lot of possibilities here. You know, I, I know, I know. You think I know. I, you I, think they're going speculation. You think they're going Kyler Murray. I think. You know, I think if Josh Allen was still available, I think they take him. I think without Josh Allen, Kyler Murray to the Raiders. All right, back to you, Clark. Okay. So we got With Tampa Bay here. They need a lot. They need an edge structure, a linebacker, a cornerback, a running back. A lot of needs here. Right now we have Jawan Taylor on the board and Devin White. That's a tough choice. And Ed Oliver. But I think Ed Oliver has proven, even though there was a little bit of problems at Houston, Tampa needs that edge rusher and that interior defensive lineman, so I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will go with Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver. Matt, you're, you got your Giants. <laughs> you got the Giants. Who are they taking? So they need a quarterback, but it's too early to pick one of six. Not enough. I don't, the quarterback class isn't as good as it has been in the past, mm-hmm. and they need some help on defense. They need somebody on the edge. How do I screw down on this? Scroll that. So you got Brian Burns, who's an edge. Where is um... Rashawn Gary? Montez Sweat, who's flown up a lot of boards. I feel like they're going to take Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, 18th prospect according to whoever that mach- this machine is. Um, so you have him there. Now you're picking again with the Jags. 
Hmm. Well, they don't need a quarterback anymore. Nope. Their defense pretty solid. Yep. You have to go with Juwan Taylor. They need an O-lineman to help Juwan protect Nick Foles. Like they're paying him a lot of money. Might as well keep him up. Keep yep. him healthy. All right, Clark. Detroit Lions, number eight. Well, they had their quarterback set already. I think what they need is another wide receiver, tight end threat. I don't think they go with DK Metcalf. I'm thinking they're going to go tight end here with TJ Hawkinson from Iowa. TJ Hawkinson, the Hawkeye. Yeah, the Hawkeyes have a very deep tight end class this year. All right, so number nine, Buffalo Bills. I I, I really want to make this pick, and I think I'm going to do it. I think think the Bills, I know our our, our friend Sean Mapes (laughs) said this on uh, on – Press box. On the popular, very popular show, College Press Box, a guy who looks good in shorts, DK Metcalf, catching balls from a quarterback who looks good in shorts. Bills take DK Metcalf at number nine. All right. Oh, I'm 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 up again. Number ten. You got the Broncos. I I think I really think they take a quarterback, and I think they go with Daniel Jones. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we know we know. Uh, Jim Elway. Did I call I call him the wrong name? Yeah. John Elway. <laughs> I'm sorry, really sorry. We know John Elway likes 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 those tall quarterbacks. So Daniel Jones at number ten. All right, Clark, eleven. Now this is an interesting one here because Andy Dalton is growing out of favor with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I have Drew Locke and the hometown hero Dwayne Haskins. I just don't know if Cincinnati's fully ready to take a step in a white dirt and the in another direction. So I think they're going to go with Devin White because he's a lot of potential. Yeah, and it, I mean, if, if he was to fall there, I think that'd just be a great steal for them at, at that place in the draft. Would help their defense tremendously, and you're in a division now that has a lot of explosive offenses. You need dynamic defensive players. All right, Matt, number twelve, the Packers. Hmm. So they need some help on the defensive side of the ball. Replacing Aaron Rodgers? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Like they need help on tight end, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna be Noah Fant going no, that way. No, I don't. Way. I don't think they would pick that. And some, also, it blows my mind that Iowa gets two tight ends in the top yeah. fifteen. This is the most Iowa thing. I don't think any teams really ever had many tight ends at the top fifteen. Mm-hmm. But of course, Iowa would be the team to get two. So let's see. They need help on defense. Their linebackers are pretty weak. They got rid of Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. They need to help out Blake Martinez. They're gonna pick up Devin Bush from Michigan. Devin Bush from Michigan. All right, you're up again with the Miami Dolphins at thirteen. They need a quarterback. They have Fitzmagic, but he's not getting any younger. They're or skinnier. To... Yeah, or skinnier. <laughs> We've seen the picture. Yeah, so I think they have to go with Dwayne Haskins, the best quarterback on the board wow, right now. Wow, Dwayne Haskins. I was gonna hope. I was gonna try to get my Redskins that that pick. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the team's thinking a little differently. <laughs> All right, Clark Falcons. All right, so we need an interior defensive lineman. Everybody in this draft needs an edge rush, edge rusher, and thankfully this is a great draft for edge rushers. Right now we got. Brian Burns, Noah Fant on the the board. I think they'll go with the best available player. Ooh, Montez Sweat is there too. He's filling up a lot of draft boards. This is a tough one. Let's let's go with Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat State. going to the Falcons. I got my Redskins uh, at fifteen, but I think if if these are the situations that have played out where, um. There's no, there's no good quarterback available. I don't think Drew Locke, I don't think the Redskins are really looking at him. I think Haskins is the guy they want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a wide receiver is a need, but I don't think that they're going to go all the way down and pick Marquise Brown at 15 unless they were to trade back um, 
for someone like that, like him. I think it's possible they look at Brian Burns, um, but knowing the Redskins, knowing how how much they like um, Alabama, I think they go with Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from the Crimson Tide. Um, and then we get to to the Panthers. They need an edge guy. I think Brian Burns, um, edge guy from Florida State, pretty obvious fit there. All right, Clark, Giants at seventeen. You need a quarterback. Yep. And Drew Locke has one of the strongest arms in this year's draft, so I think the Giants go with him. Okay. You know, I think I think the Giants, and I think most Giants fans would be okay with them getting. You know, you know, they picked up edge guy in the top 10 and then taking a quarterback a little later on if, you know, Locke or Haskins, you know, one of their Daniel Jones is available back there. Yeah. All right, 18, Vikings. Matt, who you got? So they just paid Kirk Cousins all this money. He really a didn't do anything money. last year. So they need, like, he has the wide receivers. He has a tight end. He needs an O-line to help him out. Mm-hmm. He keeps getting sacked. No protection. He also needs help on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to have to say, it's going to be a tough choice, but... Let's go with offensive tackle, um, Cody Ford from Oklahoma. Cody Ford. So Andre Dillard still on the board. Obviously, all of our, our analysts here seeing something in his tape. <laughs> something, just kidding. We didn't watch any tape. Um, Clark, Titans at 19. All right. Oh, so they have a little what? trouble. Oh, shoot. Sorry, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. <laughs> Messed up the snake draft. Snakes snakes are – wait. Wait. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah, because you picked, you picked the Giants. Yeah, so you're up, okay. you're up with the Titans. That's on me. We're snaking. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, they need help, Hand on, up. <laughs> they need help on the edge, interior O-line. Marcus Mariota gets hurt every year because the O-line doesn't help him out. They need – I can't even name a receiver on their team. Lenny Walker's not getting any younger or healthier. They just need help everywhere. So, let's give them hmm, – let's give them Garrett Bradbury from NC State. Wow, again passing up on... Uh, they don't need tackles. They have tackles. That is true. That is true. They're getting they're getting the inside all offensive lineman. Now, Clark, it is your turn with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's give our guy Dillard some love. You need an offensive lineman to make sure that Big Ben can stay healthy for two more years. Yep. He just got his contract extension today. Ensure the franchise. All right, Seahawks, another team who just signed, uh, gave a quarterback an extension. Um and they you also know, traded Frank Clark. They traded Frank Clark. Edge is a need safety. You know, safety, Errol Thomas left. Obviously, I think defense is where they need to look at. I think if Greedy Williams is still available at this point in the draft, I think the Seahawks take him. Uh, then we come here. There we come to uh, the Ravens. They need a receiver. They need linebackers. And I think I think here they take Marquise Brown, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown to the Ravens. It's an interesting. I like that combination between Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson. That would be fun to watch. That would be two. very fun to watch if if they could figure out how to get those two to work together. That has the chance to be a really dangerous offense. All right, Clark Texans at twenty three. Okay, so let's see who we got here. You do need a tight end. No offense there. The, an interior defensive lineman, Christian Wilkins. Josh Jacobs is there. He's an interesting pick, but it seems like they're comfortable with their running back situation. And you have Nikhil Harry and Akeem Butler at the wide receivers. This is a tough one. But I think you need some more dynamic parts in this offense. So let's go Noah Fant out of Iowa. Noah Fant getting taken. And I think that's that's a pick that I think he could kind of fall back just because few teams are looking to take a tight end in the first round. 
but I think there there are going to be some teams that come to the point where they're saying, you know, at this point he has enough skill that he's worth taking a tight end, you know, taking two tight ends in the first round. All right, Matt. So the Raiders, their second pick of the first round, still they need help everywhere. Marshawn just retired. <laughs> yeah. Need a running back, Joshua Jacobs from Alabama. Josh Jacobs, second Bama guy to go, and you're picking a game with the Eagles at 25. Hmm. Well, the Eagles, they kind of they made a mistake. They're letting go of Nick Foles to keep him. Wentz, Foles is really produced for them, and Wentz needs to stay healthy. He's been hurt the last two seasons. Need to help him out in the O line. Jason Peters isn't getting any younger. Um. Jason Kelsey is getting a little old. But yeah, but you look at it, not many top not, O-linemen yeah, available of, at this point. We kind of all took them all. Yeah, so um, they also need linebackers. Do you need some safeties? Safeties. Just take the first safety off the board, it's going to be Jonathan Abram from yep. Mississippi State. Yeah, you can tell from his tape, real athletic, mm-hmm. real athletic safety. Good time. Um, good hands, um, good feet. Um, totally made that up, but I'm sure he has yeah. good at all of those. Uh, Clark Colts at 26. I love what the Colts have done over the past couple of years in renovating their franchise. They've done a nice job of picking defensive players. Last year they picked Darius Leonard, and I think they're about to get another steal with Christian Wilkins, who was a part of that vaunted Clemson defensive line. Yeah, that would be a heck of a steal if they could get him there at 26. At 27, we're back to the Raiders again. Still needing an edge, still needing some secondary, uh, and I, I think they're going to go edge. I think they go um, with uh, Cleland Farrell from Clemson, and then that brings up at 28, San Diego Chargers, you know, and I know there's not a lot of offensive tackles, you know, you look at the the top remaining people, you got a couple receivers up there, uh, you got Keneal, uh Harry from, from Arizona State, you got Hakeem Butler but I, I think they're going to drop down and take Dalton Reisner, um, Risner, the offensive tackle from Kansas State. All right. Clark, Seahawks. Ooh. All right. Again. You have Russell Wilson, so you need to be able to stretch the field. And I like the competition here because I love Nikhil Harry, but I think Hakeem Butler has just a little bit more upside. I, I like his length. I agree. So you got to take Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State. I think, yeah, the kind of the last five picks of the first round, first five picks of the second round, we're going to see a lot of a lot of receivers go. Yeah, I'm going to add on to that because we're back with the Packers. Packers at 30. They have, who they got? They got Devontae Adams and the rest of the receivers, you really don't know them. They're yep. kind of younger guys. Yeah. They need someone big, a big target for Rodgers. Let's give them the kill Harry from Arizona State. All right, you pick again with, with the Rams. So it says that their needs are a lot on defense, but I felt like their defense was pretty good last year. The Aaron Donald, Nadam Gensu, Dante Fowler. So yeah, but who do they need on offense? I mean, Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff. They need someone to score points because three points in the Super Bowl isn't going to win <laughs> Like, three points a game isn't going to win you any games. Yeah. Um, they do need corners because Marcus Peters kind of didn't yeah. hold his own. Yeah. Let's give him uh, DeAndre Baker from Georgia. DeAndre Ooh. Baker, Clark, last pick. In the first round, Patriots, who are they taking? Unfortunately, no offense off the board, and I think the Patriots would have loved to have him, so mm-hmm. you could make him the next Rob Gronkowski. There's a lot of compelling options here. They need an edge rusher. They need an interior defensive lineman. But I'm going to go with something a little bit bold here because I do think they have to start thinking about the future, and I'm doing this one for fun. Hang on. Looking position? Yeah. Is he here? 
Just a second. Please tell me it's a punter. No. No. Will Greer. Will Greer. (laughs) In the first. Folks, if that happens, if that happens, I don't even know it's a good bet to make because I don't want to like get offer money up. I'll sit in a Buffalo Wild Wings for 24 hours if they'll let me. If that happens. There have been whispers of it. I don't think it will happen. I was just kind of doing that one for fun. But Will, I don't know why Will Greer has fallen so far. He really had. I think he just he didn't look good in in the Senior Bowl. Yeah, didn't have. I don't know if he was at the combine, but I think he was at the combine. Yeah, I think he just didn't, didn't put up athletic. great numbers, um, and just I think didn't have the senior season that a lot of people were hoping. Uh, he would have. Uh, let's move on to to some of the Texas guys um, in the draft, and you know, Matt, I know you wrote an article about it, uh, but let's start off with probably the top prospect, Charles Amenahu. Where do y'all see him falling? Late second round, I was going to put him to the Chiefs, but they just got Frank Clark. So second round, hmm, maybe. The Jets, maybe the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think kind of a mid mid second round, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a little early, depending on, um, you know what 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 players are still available. Yeah. But I think kind of mid second round. What, do you, what about you, Clark? I agree with mid second round. One interesting destination I've heard the uh, whispers of this from a couple people of the mm-hmm. Texan is maybe the Dallas Cowboys because Randy Gregory continues to have those off the field problems mm-hmm. and yep. Charles Amenu, he's a solid character guy and he'll give you production if you put him in that defense. Uh, let's talk about cornerbacks for a second. Chris Boyd, Devontae Davis. I think pr- both probably fall around the same spot, but where where do y'all see him going? I want to say Chris Boyd goes third round, Devontae falls into fourth. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I actually think Chris Boyd could be a second-round pick because we saw it last year. He had moments of greatness where he mm-hmm. could be a shutdown corner, but he's a little bit inconsistent at times, so that's what makes him fall a little bit lower in this year's draft. Yeah, one of the players that stood out for Texas this year, Gary Johnson, mm-hmm. um, you know, was a JUCO commit a couple years ago, really you know, played impressively this year, a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism. Uh, y'all think he could make his way in, into – the first four or five rounds, or is he a is he a late guy? I want to give him maybe fourth, fifth round because he's a good linebacker. He has good cover skills, good speed. The only thing that's making him fall down to the boards is his size. He's a smaller linebacker, so I see him really excelling on special teams if a team were to draft yeah. him from there. I don't know. I like Gary Johnson's speed a lot, and we've seen undersized linebackers in the past, like a James Harrison, who people right. didn't bet on. And if Gary could go to a team like possibly Pittsburgh, that would be a great destination for him where he can show his talents and be used correctly in that system. Yeah, I think Gary going to Pittsburgh would be great. I think he's a fifth, sixth-round guy. Um, Let's talk about a guy who left early, broke all of our hearts, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Where where is he going? Well, he had a really bad combine. If he would have had a better combine, he would have been a second, third-round pick. He had more productive numbers than most of the receivers who went in the first few rounds. Probably sixth round. They whoever drafts him, they're gonna get a steal from him just because of his talent and his upside. You can play tight end if you give him a little bigger. Like he, you've seen him throw touchdowns, run for touchdowns, catch touchdowns. He can do anything. I love little Jordan Humphrey. Even though he had a bad combine, I believe he'll be a fifth or sixth round pick. But I think he's going to be a very good NFL player because mm-hmm. of his versatility. He was yeah. a Swiss Army knife at Texas, and additionally, his ability to get yards after the catch is 
maybe the best I've seen since Brandon Marshall. I know that's bold, but the guy can play. It's he plain can. And simple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's, you know, everybody likes to say, you know, the 40 speed's a lot different when you're in shorts and a t-shirt versus when you're in pads. Mm-hmm. We knew little Jordan wasn't a speedster, but it doesn't matter because, you, you know, you throw the ball to him on a third and seven, third and 10, third and 12, he's going to get you those yards. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing on, on the versatility point is, you know, the NFL is really starting to embrace guys in so many different roles. You know, and I think whether it's him playing as a wildcat, uh, you know, lining, lining him up behind behind center, running wildcat or running sweeps, um, getting him involved, and you know, I mean, he threw a touchdown pass. Yeah. You know, so I think a, a team could take a risk on him sixth and seventh round if he you know looks good in uh, you know in rookie camp and in um, and you know summer fall practice. You know, give him a roster spot and get creative with him. Um, so I, I think there's there's a possibility. I think honestly, the Seahawks could be a great fit mm-hmm. uh, for Lil Jordan. Let's talk about the quarterbacks in this draft. We talked a little bit about that during the mock draft. Um, where's Kyler going? <laughs> because you know everybody had been saying Cardinals, 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 and now all of a sudden everybody's saying he's not going to the Cardinals. You know, you you talk to any all the the draft analysts are saying nobody knows what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know what's going on? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe they realize that he might. He's not sure if he wants to play football. He might switch back to baseball. Wow, you think he could go back to baseball? That's that's the only reason why I think he wouldn't go number one. Like teams are thinking maybe he won't be 100 percent committed. And just you've seen him in like interviews. You've seen him. Mm-hmm. He's not like a good character, a good person around the team. A lot of negative energy. A lot of them. Lowest Wonderlick score. Yep. Oh really? What was his Wonderlick? Twenty. Which honestly, for a wonderlick, I mean, that's not. I mean, Vince Young came in with like a five. So yeah. for a lowest wonderlick score of the year, it's not terrible. Yeah, but, but not thing, great either. I saw like this thing that OU posted it was like about Kyler being underrated. How are you underrated? You're the number one player coming out of high school. You have a Heisman. You have three state championships. I know. I hate. I hate. I I get the whole like okay, he's a little undersized thing. Mm-hmm. But again, like the dudes lost like three games since, like, middle school. Yeah. Like, I want to see his middle school record so we can see how many games he's ever lost in his life. I mean, that's why he's so cocky, because mm-hmm. he's never lost. Yeah. And to get back to the point of Kyler, I think he will be a top-five pick just because teams are still desperate for a quarterback yeah. this year. But the, what I think is happening with Kyler Murray is sometimes we're taking outliers and trying to apply them as the rule. What I mean by that is, does Kyler Murray go as high as a top-five if it weren't for Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees and Russell Wilson? I don't think so because even though Kyler's good, I don't think he's the same talent level as those guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think he'll fall to a bad team and not necessarily perform to the level he's expected to. Yeah, I agree. Now now looking at the other quarterbacks in this draft, other kind of first-round projected quarterbacks, Daniel, uh, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, and Dwayne Haskins, which of those where, – where do those fall? Which of those do you think you see going first? You could say probably Haskins going first after Kyler because Haskins, you saw what he did at Ohio State. He yep. played against good teams putting up those numbers. And he has size. He He's not as mobile as some of the other guys, but he's a big dude. He could, he's got a good arm. Yeah, he has a good arm too, and he's pretty accurate. And then you compare him to Drew Locke. Drew Locke has a, like a great arm, but he's not accurate. Yeah. He, but he also has – Drew Locke has the most upside, most potential. If you develop him behind someone, mm-hmm. you become a star – and Daniel Jones, I I don't see where he's so highly rated. Yeah, like, I, I don't either, but he's he's been flying at boards. 
Yeah, but he Which played, really means nothing. But. Means nothing. Yeah, <laughs> he played at Duke, and Duke isn't known as a good football team. They know, they're known as basketball I mean, Drew team. Drew Locke played at Missouri. Yeah, but they play against better opponents than like, some of the guys that Daniel Jones played against. I just think he's going to be a bust. With I think, I think Haskins will go first, but let's talk about Drew Locke and Daniel Jones a little bit. The reason why Daniel Jones has flown up draft boards is people are looking at the physical tools with him. He's six foot five, if I'm correct, and he's a little bit athletic, so people think, okay, well, if we really work with him, maybe we can get the most out of him, and I think that's why he'll go higher in this year's draft than he would another year. Like last year, look at the quarterback draft week class we've had. It's probably right. the best we've had mm-hmm. maybe in 20 years. And with Drew Locke, he's a frustration for me. I just see Jay Cutler, honestly. Yeah. That's a really harsh comparison no disrespect to Jay Cutler either he had an okay NFL career but here's a guy who has all the tools and all the upside in the world and yet there's just there's something missing it's he lacks those intangibles you look for that the Tom Brady's of the world have and make them great quarterbacks I love Dwayne Haskins I think he's one of the most talented quarterback in this year's draft class and what was impressive about him at Ohio State was he played one year and he completely changed the offensive yeah. philosophy. Urban Meyer doesn't throw the ball downfield. We know that. And that's just the culture of Ohio State. It's three yards in a cloud of dust. But right. for him to step in there and say, hey, we're going to throw the football all over the place, and we're going to do it well and throw 50 touchdown passes is a testament to the talent he possesses. Now, I got I got a little pushback there. You said last year maybe the best quarterback field in the last 20 years. Did you mean that coming into the draft or now looking back on the quarterbacks? Ooh, that's a good question. I felt it was a bit of both. Because Algrie was loaded, but you know Mayfield only people only said he played good because he played for the Browns and like won a game. Uh, Josh Rosen, who knows, because he was <laughs> playing behind like an offensive line made up of like people who probably couldn't get a job in the you know the AFL or the sorry the AAF. Um, uh, what's his face with the Jets? Uh, Sam, Sam Darnold looked all right. Um, Josh Allen's kind of by the end of the season looked like the best, but it wasn't, no one just stood Lamar out, Jackson. you know, what Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, Lamar Jackson might've looked the best. So I, I'll agree. It might've been one of the most loaded fields going in, but I don't feel like, I feel like it's a little too soon to say. The reason I say is because we had a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who broke the rookie touchdown record and all five of those teams feel like, well, maybe except for the Cardinals, but all five of those teams feel like they have somebody they can build around and provide stability in the midst of franchises who have been surrounded by chaos. And that's why I say that. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have five Hall of Famers. Obviously, yeah. it's too early to tell. And the reason I said it was the best in 20 years is going in, we knew this is – it's not common that you have five quarterbacks taken in the that first is true. round. That, that's a good point. And, you know, to be fair, I couldn't name you a year where there was a better class, you know, where or maybe better class or such a high volume. Right, you know, yeah. high volume of quarterbacks who all like at this point, none of them have been busts. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them have played pretty well, and they've had their moments. Yeah. yeah, they've all had their moments. So, all right, well, boys, fun to have y'all on. We'll see how accurate our mock draft <laughs> was. I kind of doubt it was close, but but if Walker goes to the Patriots, I'm sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> for 24 hours. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. But thanks, guys. Okay, let's talk some Texas baseball. Things continue to trend downhill, downwards, just 
bad for the Texas baseball team since last week. Got swept in Stillwater against Oklahoma State. They lost 15 to nothing, 10 to 2, and 11 to 10. Then last night, they blew a 6 3 lead and lose 7 to 6 to Texas State. They've now lost four straight. They've lost their last two series they've lost. Then you go to Baylor where they tied. They haven't won a series since they played Xavier. I don't know what is is going wrong with this team. I mean, obviously, and, and I'll issue a correction last week, James and I talking about the team uh, said that fielding was the biggest problem. Clearly, that's not it. Clearly, it's the bullpen. I mean, none more evident than giving up 6-3 lead against Texas State, you know, the, the last couple innings. And then, you know, you look at the Oklahoma State series giving up 15, 10, and 11 points. That's unacceptable. So, you know, I don't know what's changed, but, you know, it's not just that. I mean, zero points in the – zero runs, sorry, in the first game. Two runs, you know, in the second game against Oklahoma State. This team is inconsistent. The bullpen – well, the bullpen is, isn't inconsistent. They're just bad. The bullpen, the bullpen sucks. The starting pitching is inconsistent. The bats are inconsistent. And now they have to, you know, big home series at home against number 17 West Virginia um, before going at Kansas and finishing off um, home against Oklahoma. I don't know what needs to change. Uh, oh, I know what needs to change. I don't know how they're going to make that change. I don't know how, how you fix a bullpen. I don't know how you get consistency back. But I think just a big thing is confidence. This team needs confidence, and they severely lack confidence. So for that, for, 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 for that to happen, I think the good news is if they can get some wins, if, if they can start getting some good hits, uh, you know, you get your batters to kind of get hot, have them get some confidence. This is the team that, that could be dangerous and if they can make the tournament. But if that, if that doesn't happen, I think – we could be we could be seeing a really really downhill hill slide for the Texas baseball team. But again, um, this uh, th- this this series against West Virginia is going to be huge. I think uh, again, win here would be huge uh, and would give the team some momentum. All right, let's finish off with the fun fact of the week and this one comes from henchman at bomb bong ripkin jr wow what a what a name talking about someone named tom perez who allegedly um is a politician or something and uh, uh at bong ripkin jr said fun fact i almost hit him with my car in tacoma park because he jaywalked right in front of me so a friendly reminder to not jaywalk, or if you're going to jaywalk, make sure there's no cars um, or cops around because you don't want to get a ticket. Um, I'd say that was a medium fun fact. Some some weeks we have really fun facts. That was just a eh, fun fact. Uh, that's all we got. We'll be back next week probably talking more NBA playoffs. Hopefully hopefully the uh, San Jose Sharks are just killing it in the second round. My The, the team, the, the our, our podcast team, um, 
So we'll be talking about that. Hopefully Texas baseball gets some momentum back. Uh, but anyways, from the Thomas Fitch Show, I'm Thomas Fitch. Hook'em horns. Take over everything.